4: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke F Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, today I get into a conversation with our friend, our in house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, about how we reframe the conversations around education being fundamental to our democracy. It has always been clear since the battle for integration in our schools that schools, are where Republicans point their weapons. Why? Because the more that people know, the more robust education that people have, the less ability they have to be controlled, the more questions that they ask. So if you go to war on critical thought, if you ban books, if you ban thinking, if you narrow curriculum to implement your lies, you further the cause for white supremacy. When you have generation after generation of students believing that slavery was a good thing, that the owning of people, the raping, the beating, the brutalization, the ripping of babies and breaking apart of families, the lynchings, the torture, the domestic terrorism. When you start to look for the bright side in all of those things and say, well, you know, maybe they were enslaved and shackled and beaten and weren't fed and," you know, tortured for 400, 500 years, but at least they became a woodworker. At least they learned how to be a blacksmith when the truth of the matter is those very people were stolen from their countries, from their communities, with the skills that they came here with. Those white slaveholders didn't teach them a fucking thing. Except how depraved parts of humanity could actually be. So Jonathan and I, in today's conversation, talk about the fact that Democrats are late to the party with regard to education, public education, being on the front lines of the battle to save our democracy. Because if we are not fighting for robust genuine, fact-based education, then our society has no chance for survival because what we are creating then is generation of generation of mindless widget workers, which is sad because guess what? We ain't got no widgets to work in this country because we've outsourced factories. So you tell me the jobs that people are going to get that allow them to be globally competitive and also, I don't know, competitive against artificial intelligence, which in the next five to 10 years is going to replace a lot of fucking jobs. We are creating our own destruction. And if we don't fight. For education, if we don't fight. For books if we just look at this as siloed issues of oh well they're talking about black people today and jewish people tomorrow and trans people the next day if we just take it piece by piece instead of fighting for the whole which is the right to think that's what we're fighting for it is absolutely crazy That we are watching day by day, decision by decision, policy pass by policy measure pass. That are denying people free thought, bodily autonomy, folks. We got to wake the fuck up. And we got to wake up everybody around us. And I keep saying it does not matter if you have kids in the school system. Because having an educated workforce matters. To all of us. So I am encouraging people to find out about your school board elections. Find out what is, the fuck is happening in your school. Speak out. Donate. Run for office. We have got to mobilize. Because right now, they are winning. Coming up next, my conversation with our friend, Jonathan Metzel. Folks, you know that whenever we have the opportunity each week to sit down with our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, I am always thrilled and the conversation is always stirring. And this week, I'm sure, will be no different. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, we are living in such a crazy time. I have no like better way to disclose that. But, you know, I find that every time we sit down, you alert me to something that I'm like, no way, that couldn't possibly be like a thing. And you're just like, no, no, it truly is happening. Um, So, folks, what we know is that over the last uh, couple of weeks or last, yeah, the last couple of weeks, um, the state of Florida has once again outdone itself with their pure, unadulterated fuckery. Uh, to erase Black people, Black culture, um, to marginalize the trans community, which is already marginalized, and to criminalize women um, and everyone, essentially, that is not white, that is not cis, that is not hetero or male. And they really, I mean, just took great lengths to redesign the education curriculum that would have young people in the state of Florida learn and believe that slavery was somehow beneficial to black people, which is it's what I did in a video the other day, Jonathan, which was stating that it is not enough to oppress, right? They actually want you to be grateful for the oppression. Like that's the place that we're in, which is to say, Oh, well, slavery was a necessary evil, and you should be grateful for the fact that you learned skills because how they see Black people were as empty-minded animals that they brought here, domesticated, and gave all of these skills to, left to their own devices, right? Who would have known what would have happened to, you know, enslaved Africans? That's the mentality of white supremacist um, slaveholders and their ancestors, a.k.a the DeSantis's, the Abbott's, the Trump's, and the Republican Party of the world. Now, please tell the people how far this ideology is now going and what was just stated on Fox.
3: (laughs)
0: Well, the logic, I think you're exactly right, is it's kind of a three-step process, right? That is that, that because people don't just fall out of bed in the morning saying, um, I'm ready to oppress people. Like you have to kind of lead them up to it by this kind of logical scaffolding, which is what we're seeing. And so the first part that I think is really important is you're not the oppressor or the aggressor, you're the victim, right? And we're seeing that happen a lot. There was a poll that came out, um, I think last week, that showed that over 60% of white Americans think that anti-white racism is the most pernicious form of racism in this country. So increasingly white Americans are saying, um, it's not anti black racism. That is the problem. It's actually, uh, um, we're the victims of racism, like kind of turning the, turning the tide. So number one is that there's this logical twist in which people become the victims. And what, what does that do? Right. It, 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 and you get off, you get you don't have to see your own complicity. It's not like, oh, I'm part of a system that's oppressing other people. In fact, I'm the victim of this system. I don't have to see my own participation. So that's part number one. And then part number two is I'm going to find some strong man or strong person who protects me because I'm the victim of all this kind of stuff, which is we're seeing with the rise of Trump and DeSantis and this logic of not like, let's make the country better for everybody. And then the third is historical revision, (laughs) that fill in the blank historical atrocity wasn't so bad. My... Why should we be hung up on studying black history? Slavery wasn't so bad. In fact, slaves learned marketable skills that they later used in the job market. Now, of course, it's never the people who themselves, their families, their groups were the victims of that. Um, it's more like, people who are on the outside trying to justify. It's more often people who were in the gr- aggressor group who are saying, oh, the system wasn't so bad, we help people. And we have much more to say, I hope we talk about it today, about where that logic comes from, about slavery wasn't so bad. Okay. But once that gets to be your logic, it gets to ridiculous endpoints like what happened a couple of days ago on Fox News, where a Jewish Fox News host was talking to another Fox News host. And the Fox News host said, I'm I'm Jewish. Are you going to tell me that um, the Holocaust wasn't so bad? and the Fox News people all said, "Yeah, there were marketable skills that Jews who survived the Holocaust got, and there and people who survived the Holocaust, and they were citing Victor Frankel, whose brothers, parents, and pregnant wife were all murdered in concentration camps, as saying because Victor Frankel uh, survived the Holocaust. So in a way, what they're doing is just using this, and the the Holocaust thing for me was like." Man, you, it's just like Mad Libs. Like you can just fill in the historical atrocity and then say it wasn't so bad for that kind of thing. But it's gotten to the point where, yes, the Holocaust taught Jews marketable skills that they could later use in the job market. That's a logic that is actually being said on the biggest news channel in, in the United States
1: for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's That's right.
3: or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
4: I am just like outdone. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like I get to a point, um, I find where this isn't even revisionist. I don't even know what you would call this, Jonathan. Like one, the (laughs) like the the system of slavery was the biggest crime against humanity in the world, right? Like, you're talking about millions of people being raped and tortured and brutalized and terrorized and literally treated as animals, going so far as to go through the court system to deny people their humanity for hundreds and hundreds of years the vileness of slavery that we are still feeling the effects of and will until the end of days in this country and around the world. It is what anti-blackness is perpetuated off of. It is what policies are created around, right? And so to have this Florida Board of Education decide That this is how they're going to teach slavery goes to show you the lengths that white supremacy has to go to in order to survive. The lengths of lies and the depths of deceit in order to continue to indoctrinate generation after generation to believe that black people deserve the treatment that they've received because all white people are benevolent right and that without the institution of slavery then black people would have never been able to thrive and survive in society again perpetuating lies and stereotypes about the humanity of black people denying the depravity of white domestic terrorism which is what founded this country to then go to the other length to begin to erase the responsibility of people's roles in the Holocaust, including the United States, that allowed and waited for millions of Jewish people to die before you actually to be murdered, before you engaged in war. I I just I don't know. I mean, you talk to these people. I don't know how you talk to these people. I don't know. I don't know what where the bridge is anymore, Jonathan. Like, I just think that it's burned to the ground. You tell me because I don't see how you move forward if we don't have a foundation, one of shared values and laws and like what we consider to be evil and wrong. Like if we don't have a shared morality, then I don't know how society functions.
0: I, I, I want to give like an answer to that, which is like, oh, yeah, here's how you turn it around. Um, I do think that education is at the core of a lot of this, honestly. I mean, it's not lost on anybody. I think that this it's not even just revisionist history. It's wrong history. Right. Like what they said on Fox News, for example, was that Jews survived concentration camps by being the word they used was useful. Um And so you would have to like know nothing about the Holocaust to know, to not know that the Jews who survived the Holocaust, it was just totally capricious. Like there was no, everybody died basically. Um, But the ways that they made deals with people is like, if you help push your aunt into the Gas chamber, you'll survive you'll survive another week or something like that. Like what useful meant was serving the needs of the murderers, right? And so, in a way, it's 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 ignorant, but it's also a really dangerous lie. And so part of the story is that this is playing out in the context of all of these attacks on education for being too woke and redoing the standards and stuff like that. They're trying to kind of and so I think we need a massive mobilization in defense of education. I think education is the terrain that this is obviously being fought on. And we were late to the game, right? The, um, a year ago, we, we talked about it on this show, right-wingers were mobilizing at school boards and saying, let's ban books and stuff like that. And we were, uh, we were ho- horrified, but every time there were 500 parents saying, we want these books banned. There should have been 5,000 people showing up at the school board saying, we're not going to stand for that or running for school board elections or things like that. Like I think I think we're seeing and, and I I'm surprised that education is the terrain, right? It's been right in front of us this but, entire time.
4: But it's always been the terrain, right, Jonathan. Right, like right, right. we're, we're going back to Ruby Bridges and the integration of schools. Schools have always been on the front lines of the culture wars and the and I don't even want to call it the culture wars because the culture war would to be to presume that there are two sides that are fighting against each other when it is one white supremacist party that has always used education as they, to as a weapon.
0: But don't you think that a lot of this came out of when Trump said there are no facts, I actually won the election. It kind of opened the doors for people to say hey wait, there are no facts. The story is whatever we tell it to, and it had been going on a lot yep. before the election yep. but when but when like the even the narrative of our own democracy became kind of up for grabs like it's it's it was so blatantly false that that Trump lost the election, but uh, Trump won the election, but if you convince enough people that that the system was rigged or Trump actually won the election and then you overturn the school boards and stuff like that, like you can actually create your own reality, and so there's something about this that flows for me at least. Out of Trump taking the most obvious fact in the world, like, dude, you lost the election and saying we don't have to stand for any fact that we don't agree with. Yeah, And that to me like opened the doors. And so in a way, obviously we're fighting back against that. But these things to me like kind of all seem um, they all seem connected, which is there is no truth except for the one that makes you feel good or something or something like that. And so in a way, it just seems to me like education, is is I just I'm thinking that many schools across the country have closed their DEI offices after the Supreme Court ruling. Um, and have you heard a lot of protests about that? Um, no,
4: yeah. And that's and, and and to your to your point, I actually if if we're if we're talking about the beginning of the ends of facts. I want to go all the way back to, you know, the beginning of the climate change arguments, right? When science no longer became a black and white issue, right? Like science and math are pretty clear, right? There's not room for debate there. One plus one equals two, right? Like water is wet, the sky is blue, we exist because of gravity, right? Like there are things that are factual, and once You had a group that decided that, no, no, these scientists don't know what they're talking about. This isn't real. This isn't, you know, this isn't actually happening. That was the beginning of the creation of their own reality, getting their own quote unquote scientists, getting their own, you know, doctors and creating this alternative set of facts. And I think that when we look at this now and we go to Glenn Youngkin, right? Now we fast forward to Glenn Youngkin's campaign for governor on CRT and parental choice, right? Which all harkens back to your kids, your white kids shouldn't have to go to school with these black kids. That should be your choice. There should be no mixing of the races. That should be your choice, right? Like it all harkens back to those days. And to your point, DEI offices are being closed People are being fired from those roles that were created, really, um, after the aftermath of George Floyd. And then, boom, they're gone. So it's like, I I don't, education and the lack thereof have always been on the front lines of pushing against white supremacy, because the more educated that people are, the more critical thought that you instill in them, right, The the less likely they are to be duped, and that's what they want, and I just don't understand I don't know how to break on through, right past what it is that they are the bullshit that they are are, are feeding
0: It's interesting, right, because education has been their unified front, and um I just always wonder, have we done enough to defend education right um did did we did no. we feel did we feel like I mean a lot of people felt like okay brown versus Board of Education is settled law of the land um it's it's the progress narrative where we're opening the doors of opportunity to everybody um and I do think that all those core assumptions are completely up for grabs. Like I think that if somebody like Trump or DeSantis wins, you might see something like Brown versus Board of Education being thrown up for for grabs. And so I just think people have been relatively late to the game of like seeing the centrality of education to all of this agenda. But what does it mean to defend education? Like what tools do we have to defend education? And I, I, I don't like, Like ending desegregation was a unified agenda that people could agree upon. Not not everybody, but it became a kind of rallying cry for legal interventions for um, for building infrastructure. What what is our tool right now for defending education when there are people all across this?
4: Yeah, I I mean, in my humble opinion, and I've said this, and we've said this on this show so many times. It is people being activated. At these school board hearings, it is people like understanding, regardless of whether or not you have children that may or may not be in the school system, that providing a robust and, you know, critical, thoughtful, strategic, you know, innovative education benefits the whole of society. Right. Like and creating a incompetent workforce that is not going to be globally competitive, that descent said, oh, we need to go back to the basics, the basics of what? We're battling against fucking A.I. and you want to teach the basics, right? Like the basics are not doing it because there are no basic jobs anymore because they've all been sent overseas. So I'm like, I'm confused about why people have ne- are not outraged, right? Like why there weren't thousands of people that were organized to fight back against their school boards when they were talking about, you know, reversing covid restrictions so you're just sending your kids into a fucking petri dish i am
0: um, like how can we defend education i think this is a really important question and um
4: you have to run for office that's yeah, yeah. how you can defend <laughs> like parents have like parents if parental control is the rallying point and measure for the right then parents who are progressive parents who believe in freedom and liberty and justice and actually believe in democracy? Those people need to be rallied, right? By the school, by by the the teachers unions, by you know the city councils. Like that's what needs to happen. This is not like making up things out of thin air.
0: No, no, you're exactly right. And we've been talking about it for so long, right? We need to run for school boards. It's not just about expanding the Supreme Court and all that kind of stuff. It is a grassroots thing. Do you think it's possible that, like, because I think people got, we got we got put back on our heels, right? All of a sudden, the debate was about pronouns and about land use statements, and in a way, like, those became metonyms for all liberalism. Uh, all education has become too liberal because boys are dressing as girls and stuff like that. And in, in a way, we were the fight was on their was on their terrain, and so I guess the it's it's a it's a question which is like, how do you reclaim education? in a way that is mobilizing across the spectrum of Democrats, independents, um, which isn't fighting about wokeism, right? I think that what the right has been able to do is say all liberals are woke and all everything woke is about fighting about pronouns. And it, it's very divisive for Democrats in a way, right? And so the issue is how can we defend education in a way that is completely unifying? Um, For Democrats, and I think the issue is, I think you're right, run for school boards, facts, truth, all that kind of stuff. We've just been put back on our heels and and slow to the game. So,
4: I mean, the the, the vice president just spoke recently, right? And, you know, at the dedication ceremony for Emmett Till uh, and his mother, uh, which happened uh, 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 recently, The president also remarked about education and learning our history and not and not denying it, that strong countries face all parts of their history, even the darkest ones. Right. So as not to repeat them. The vice president gave an impassioned speech and which, you know, had I I forget who wrote it, um, but it's out right now, which was an article written by a Republican that said, I agree with the vice president of the United States. Why are Republicans afraid of critical thought? Like, why are they afraid of the truth? And that, to me, is the unifying message, right? Because it goes not just from the classroom, but it goes to Capitol Hill and the denial of the election. You just had Rudy Giuliani just say, finally, in this def- defamation suit that is being uh, brought against him um, by, uh, by, by, by Shay Moss and her mother in Georgia, that, oh, yes, I did lie about the election. Right. Like that, that there is truth there. Right. That I did lie and spread these lies about these women that destroyed their lives. Right. And so if we are to unify, the unified message needs to be about critical fighting for critical thought and fighting for and fighting for truth. Right. And that goes that hits every single place from climate change to the classroom to Capitol Hill in our elections.
0: Right now, I I could not agree more. We're saying the same thing, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm talking a little slowly. I've been up all night dealing with my own version of this, (laughs) which we can talk about later. Which is the NRA writing narratives about what's true about gun death and stuff like that. And so I've seen this happen in so many places, but I think it. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's for too long. It's been like, oh. I'm so sorry that those books are being banned about those people, but that doesn't really affect me. Right. Um, And I think what we need to do is like, we need a real big tent, right? Like, dude, this is about everybody in a certain kind of way. Like it's even for Democrats and liberals, it's like, Oh, those books about trans people are being taken out of our library. But you know, that's just a small subset of our thing. But in a way what we're seeing now is that that's part of a much bigger agenda. And so how do you craft this in a way that people see like, Republicans see like, oh, I don't want like there are a lot of Jewish Republicans who don't want the narrative about the Holocaust to be um the people who survived were the <laughs> were the ones who were the most resilient as opposed to just getting thrown into a gas chamber right when you got off the train and so in a way, this is such a big national issue, and it has to be framed that way, which I think the Democrats have been slow to wake up on and now are kind of realizing,
4: yeah, I mean, I think that you are right. I think that the reality is, is that these battles are not new. Right. But we absolutely do have new technologies, you know, that were not present in uh, in the 1950s and 1960s when we were fighting for the integration of, you know, of schools. Right. And like the enforcement of the Supreme Court's decision in Brown versus the Board of Education. And I think that like what is old is new again, particularly if you're not going to teach it. But the fact is, is that there are multiple ways to fight this battle. It has just to be decided that it needs to be fought. Right. And I think that, you know, again, when we're just looking at these communities as silos that are being initially affected and not looking at the whole of how our democracy is being destroyed and education being the cornerstone, public education being the cornerstone of any democracy, like we have to attack it in that way and not just as community by community, right? It needs to be the collective. And that to me is the place that we start.
1: For generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right.
4: Any last thoughts on this, Jonathan? For this good week?
0: I would just say keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. No, like it's <laughs> I would I always try to be optimistic at the end. But I but I think that the that the that the lines are drawn, right? In, in, in a way the lines are drawn, and they're the same lines, you're right, that we've been fighting on that we thought, oh, we're past this. You know, we, it's a post-racial society or Gosh, education is so liberal. I can be liberal and still read McWhorter's woke racism and think, "Let's bring this back to the center." But in in a way, the agendas are so repetitive and obvious and clear that I think that again, I think we're right that the trick here, like there was a moment in Brown versus Board where like a majority of the country and the, and justices felt like, man, what we're doing is bad for the country. And I think that's what we need to get back to. And that is going to be the trick is going to be like that. That'll be the fight of this election. Like, how can we frame this in a way that, that like, man, we're fighting for the future of the country right now.
4: Yeah. A hundred percent. As always, my friend, thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF. I appreciate you.
0: Until next week.